Hey everybody, this is Jamie Dew. And this is Joe Fontenot. And we want to welcome you back to our, our podcast, The Towel in the Basin. Yeah, and so this is kind of um, in the midst of COVID-19. We're all locked down, essentially. Um, and as we're recording this, it's Friday, March 27th. And, um, and so, Jamie, I wanted to just kind of ask you some practical questions. Like, mm-hmm. um, these are issues about that a lot of people are facing right now and struggling through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to do with the church and how do we continue to be a part of the church? How mm-hmm. do we continue to lead the church during these times? Mm-hmm. So, so I wanted to start with this question. Okay. What do you think we should be braced for right now? In terms of like severity and duration and all of those types of things, right? That's right. Is this yeah. temporary? Should we be thinking like that? Should we be settling in? Like what What does this mean for us? Uh, I think uh, this is just me. So I'm preface all my comments here today. I'm not a medical expert. I'm not right. you know, a medical doctor. I, I, I don't know all the stats that all you know our leaders would have right now. But, <clears throat> you know, we, we try to stay really informed um, on various levels around here from the health side of it, medical side, the financial side, and what have you. Uh, I think that in a sense, yes and no. People need to be prepared for the long haul. Uh, And then in other ways, I think it's going to get better soon. Um, Here's what I mean. I I think that ultimately there is a sense in which we probably are going to be dealing with this for quite some time. Mm -hmm. If folks are out there expecting that two weeks from now, three weeks from now, somebody's going to flip a switch and we're all going back to normal, I think that that's naive to think that that's the case. Right. Um, now, at the same time, I don't know that we're going to be at this level of severity forever and ever and ever. We, we can't. I mean, we've got to figure out a way to start resuming business. And I think people are working really hard on that. But this is going to be with us for a long time. I mean, we hope that the, hot, the heat and the temperature change is going to have an effect on this. Uh, we hope that the measures we're taking to isolate are going to have an effect on this. We hope that they are going to make progress sooner rather than later on finding treatments for uh-huh. folks with COVID-19. And there's some encouraging data out there to suggest they've got at least some clues about pathways to pursue. We're just not there yet. But ultimately, all indications are COVID-19 we will be dealing with in some way, shape, form, or fashion until we get a vaccine. Uh-huh. And that's fastest case scenario 18 months from now, maybe 24 months. If they're not successful with some of these early trials, it could be well beyond that. So I, I don't think that we're going to, you know, two months from now, three months from now, going to be in a situation where we just flip some switch and we just resume life as it was before that. Um, we're going to have to find ways of picking our normals back up and our affairs back up but to do so in very different ways. So uh, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. And this is obviously very new for everybody. And we've got to, we've got to figure out ways to keep going on, but uh, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to start like just on my end. I'm hopeful that by this summer at some point, we'll be able to resume some face-to-face classes, Uh, maybe not classes of 40 and 50, but maybe classes of eight and 10 and things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I'm hopeful that at some point we'll be able to get back to doing things like graduations and chapel events. Uh, but, you know, thinking about major events like sporting events where 25,000 people walk into one big building, uh, that, I don't know how that's going right. to work. 
Right. So anyway, all that to say, I think that there is definitely a sense in which we need to be prepared to ride this out over a long period of time. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that that means we're going to be on sort of a the lockdown that we're on uh, during these weeks forever and ever. Right. Now, sort of a follow-up question to that. Um, we are on a lockdown. Mm-hmm. However, uh, the Great Commission is still the Great Commission, right? right. I mean, yeah. maybe we can't go knock on people's doors because we're saying, hey, we're bringing life, and they're seeing, hey, you're bringing death. Don't come to my door, right? So, yeah, that's right. you know, we, we maybe we need to think through our approaches and stuff, but my question is this. How should we be looking at things like discipleship and evangelism, even now in these days? Should we put those on pause and just focus on survival? Should we, right. what, what should our mindset be? Well, we absolutely should not put stuff like that on pause. Those are the types of things. I mean, that we're mandated to do those things. And it's not just that we we're mandated to do them from a pastoral side of this and just a psychological, emotional side of this. That's what people desperately need right now. Yeah. Maybe more so than anything. So I would say, Look, just for biz- whether you're talking business or you're talking, you know, industry of some kind, but academics, but now especially the church, the church has to find a way to continue going and continue doing what it does while they cannot gather in large groups. Mm-hmm. I've been encouraged to see churches doing that, though. So, you know, you had a little bit of resistance that first week when everybody was saying, oh, we're not going to do church online. Uh, we're going to do it either face to they, they sort of persisted in the face to face. Or you just had some saying, well, we just won't meet at all this week. Look, this is going to be here a while. Churches have to find a way to continue feeding their congregations spiritually uh, and discipling them. I was very encouraged to see, one, the number of churches that figured out some way to have a service online last week. Mm. And two, I was encouraged by the innovation uh, on display. I mean, you had some very different approaches being taken. And, I, you know, frankly, I think we should not be critical of any of these at this moment. Let, let's mm-hmm. let's try to figure all these out. And then over time, I think we'll all just begin to gravitate naturally towards what works the best. I mean, but you saw, you know, people recording services and then playing them back at the at the worship hour. Uh, you saw churches live streaming an actual service where a live preacher went and preached in front of a camera and maybe a one worship leader. You had churches doing a drive-in church where, you know, all the families pulled into the parking lot and, you know, rolled their windows down and the preacher stood up on the back of a pickup truck with speakers and preached to the congregation in the parking lot. That was kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, you had churches saying, no, we don't, we don't feel like that's an official gathering of any kind but they still provided resources for families to do it. And, um, you know, so they might record little tidbits or something like that, or they might provide some, some resources uh, electronically, uh, some documents and some discipleship material that they encouraged families to do things with. I don't want to be critical of any of those approaches. What I think the church has to do right now is figure out another way forward to continue discipling and feeding their people right now. And I'm encouraged by how many of them are doing that. And I'm encouraged by the innovation, the broad, diverse innovation that's taking place. That is exactly what the body of Christ should be doing right now. And I'm encouraged to see them doing it. 
Um, and then two other things they've got, and I hate to, I hate to bring this one up, but it's, it's a real scenario. Folks, churches have to figure out pathways forward for their people to give financially and support the church because we do need to, if you're listening to this families and individuals, we need to continue the work of God's kingdom and, 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 and fueling the work of the church. So we have to do that. Churches would be well served to figure out clear, and easy pathways forward, whether that's mail in your check, give online through our website, or some other means. What you have to do is make it clear and make it easy for your folks, and then encourage, communicate with your folks how how to do it. I would also say, you know, in addition, what I think the church needs to do is not just be very innovative in how they're disseminating content, whether that's a sermon or a, a Sunday school class. I mean, we had we had Sunday school classes doing Sunday school over Zoom, which is uh, really cool to see. I mean, again, is it the same thing as face to face? No, it's not. But is it at least something? I I have heard some people critiquing this and just simply saying it's not the same. Well, obviously it's not the same, but that's right. a good, perfect solution fallacy, right? Yeah, because it's not a perfect solution, a perfect replacement for what we would do face to face. It's therefore not a value. And, and look, I would grant it's not the same thing as when we can do it face to face. And I, as much as anybody, gosh, I cannot wait. I mean, it brings a whole new meaning and depth to the gathering of the saints. Mm. I cannot wait for that moment where we can all be together again and worship. And I think we should have a bit of an emotional build up to that moment. And and, and when we go back to that moment, may we never lose it again. May we never again take for granted the fact that we get to be together on Sundays. Yeah. But don't, don't, don't you know, exercise a perfect solution fallacy here because in saying that, well, because it's not the same thing, it's not of any value. Well, look, it's still of some value, and it's, it gives the church a way forward to find out how to do these things. And that's what we've got to have right now. And the only thing I'd add to it is pastors, staff, elders, deacons, Sunday school leaders, small group leaders, whoever your leadership structure is in your church. I'm speaking to all of them now. In addition to content dissemination, which has been really neat to see the church step on that, step up on that. In addition to that, make sure that you're still doing everything you can to be as incarnational as possible. Uh Pick up the telephone, call people, listen, talk to each other, FaceTime, Zoom with each other, when and where you can gather in small little groups, keeping the kinds of safety distances you need to do it. So find a way forward to the church is what I would say. And I'm encouraged to see that that thus far is what the church is giving every indication it is doing. You know, I think going back to the issue about the money, like we still need to be giving, I think that's a really important point. And I think also, I think about it from like a marketing point of view, which is my work and background. And you can't just ask people for money, like even right. with donations and stuff like that, like it has to be contributing to some kind of value, right? right? And I think a lot of people were dependent on their routine beforehand, like I give on this day of the month or this week, mm-hmm. you know, whatever kind of thing. And that's just, I'm used to doing it and I do it. Status quo moves us forward, but now we don't have that. And so I think like it would probably be helpful for a lot of churches to also show why these tithes and offerings actually still matter. Right. You know what I mean? Like help the people see that. And that might take yeah. a little bit of work, you know, to think yeah. through that, to make it processable. 
But um, I think that'll go a long way in helping people see, oh, yeah, my ties do matter because even though I'm not there, they still matter. Well, money is always a hard thing for anybody to talk about. And pastors especially, that's a bit of an awkward. I know pastors get the reputation as only talking about money. But believe it or not, if you're if you're not a pastor and you're listening to this, believe it or not, for most pastors, that's a very uncomfortable and awkward thing to talk about because they right. they know exactly how you feel about hearing it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think so. There's ways around that, though. You, you don't have to just be straight up. Hey, you need to make sure you give. And it can't be just crass and blunt uh-huh. like that. Uh, you have to the case has to be made and the rationale has to be made. But I would say that's true even outside of the COVID-19 crisis. That's probably mm-hmm. true just in general. As a people, we have not always done the best in helping our folks understand why we give and what mm-hmm. we're doing with it and what this funds and helping them see the bigger pitch, picture that their piece fits into. Yeah. So let them see the work of ministry. Let, let them see the counsel that is given, the evangelism that's done, the lives that are changed, the the people that are discipled as a result of people giving in those ways, and call people into it in every way, not just financially, but in every other way too. We yeah. need to be we need to be uh, calling people to pray for these efforts. We need to be calling people to give their time, energy into those efforts and resources. And so, make the case broadly for people investing in kingdom work it is something I probably we need to be doing a much better job of even outside the COVID-19 crisis. Um, so anyway, that I, I just want to encourage folks in that way. This is a time to find a way forward to do things that are as, at least as normal as can be, or at least that replicate normalcy. So I mentioned a minute ago, there's another good example of this that I've seen recently, and we're going to actually start doing some of these things around, around here at NOBTS and Level College. Um, in addition to people doing like Zoom Sunday school classes, do a Zoom prayer gathering. You get everybody on a Zoom call, and is it the same thing as being face-to-face around a table? Well, no, not the same thing, but it's still at least something, and it's yeah. still a good thing that the people can be doing. So do a Zoom prayer gathering. You yeah. know, you do a Wednesday night prayer meeting, okay, so keep doing it. Keep Just do uh-huh. it over Zoom uh, or one of the other platforms that you have available. We're going to start doing that stuff here on our campus. Um we, we, you know, normally, for instance, the faculty here at NOBTS and Level College gathers every Tuesday through Friday mornings to pray. Uh, it's not a mandatory thing that they do, per se, but it's a customary thing they do. And you folks would be surprised at the number of faculty that, that come to this. I mean, it's the majority. Yeah. They yeah. come, and it's at 745 every Tuesday through Friday during the semesters. And it's real quick. Somebody shares a quick word of devotion. Everybody lists out their prayer concerns. We pray and we move on about our day. And it's a really good, healthy thing. Well, when we had to transition from face-to-face to to online classes, those prayer gatherings stopped. And I said to our team yesterday, uh, those have to come back. We've got to figure out another way to keep doing them. So what we're going to start doing is every Tuesday and Thursday in the chapel slot at 11 o'clock, our faculty is going to gather over Zoom just to pray together. Yeah. Um, so why can't Sunday school classes do that? Why can't why can't churches do that? I, I just think those are the types of things people need to be doing. We're going to do it next week with our students. So the more things you can do to continue the normal, that's our pathway forward. I don't know how long we'll have to keep doing things over the Internet, but mm-hmm. what I do know is the work's got to get done, and there are ways to do it. There's more than one way to skin a cat. So this is a time for people to throw off uh, – 
hesitancy and try to be innovative to accomplish. It's interesting in, in um, I have a lot to say about this and I don't, I don't intend to, but <laughs> no, it's good. It, this is helpful. It, it's interesting from my seat, the Academy. And by that, I mean, seminaries, colleges, universities, about 15 years ago when online education really took off. Um, when that happened, the, the professors of the world tried to say, what do we, how do we figure out a way to find, take what we do in a classroom and just dump it into an online class? And what we quickly learned is you can't do that. So right. what you have to do is you have to start from the end and work backwards. And so you ask the simple question, what am I trying to get them to learn? That's, the, that's where we start. Yeah. And then from there, work backwards now and ask a different question. What is the best way to get them to learn that in this format? And I think churches do the same thing. What are what would you want? And granted, it's not the exact thing, same thing as a face to face, but it still has some value. And your people can benefit from gathering like that. So ask this question: What are you trying to get to happen in lives of people in those moments? Yeah. Still, we want worship. We want formation. We want encouragement. And now, build a service that accomplishes those goals. Your service online may very well look very different from what it would look like face to face, but figure those things out and your people will be fed and the church will move forward and we'll resume quote unquote normal here whenever we can. Yeah. So I have one more question about this, Okay. Um, kind of a meta question about everything that we're dealing with right now and simply how should we be praying? The mm. context of this is what should we be learning from okay. this whole time? Yeah. So I like that question a lot. Um, let me, I'll hit it at the end. Let me start off with basic, obvious things we should be praying for first. First of all, pray for those who are sick, pray uh -huh. for those who are well, that they would stay, stay safe and wise and protected. Pray that God gets us through the crisis, all those things. Pray especially for the medical personnel, nurses, doctors that are on the front lines of all this, techs, staff members of church. I mean, these people are in, I mean, just last night, we, we have some faculty here who have, have spouses that work in hospitals, and, and yeah. it's a scary, scary, gnarly situation. Pray for those folks. Now is a time, and I know typically you know, Christians can get angsty about science and scientists. Look, actually, now is a time to be praying for scientists on this front every single day. Man, we need to pray that they would have speed and wisdom that they would be able to have insights sharper than normal and they'd be able to do it quicker than normal. We need to pray for their success right now in treatments and vaccines and other things like that. So let's pray for those doctors and those scientists that are doing that work. Spiritually speaking, for all of us, in terms of, to your question, what should we be praying we learn from this? Here's uh -huh. what I'm, I'm afraid we're doing. If I've heard, and I get this completely, I, I feel this and my children feel this, but if I've heard it once, I've heard it probably a thousand times over this week. People have just said, I just want it to get back to normal. And I'm yeah. with them. I would love to be able to just get in my car and go to a grocery store and not think twice about it, too. I would love to be able to go to a sporting event or a jazz festival or a crawfish, crawfest or something like that. I, I get it. We all want normal. I'm afraid, though, that because that's what we most want, that that's what we're predominantly praying for. And so that our prayers then become simply, God, get us back to normal. The pleas of the people are, God, get us back to normal. Man, show me a crisis in the Bible 
where right. that was the prayer of the people. It's not, yes, it's God get us through it. There's nothing wrong with praying for that. But I just wonder, is God in heaven hearing the cries of people? God, we just want to go back to normal. I mean, would that persuade him to action? I just have a hard time thinking we're going to see God move in our lives if all we're praying for, for crying out loud, is to return to normal. Right. It's got to be more than that. Right. I, I can't help but ask the question as I pray before God, God, what do you want me to learn right now? God, how am I supposed to be being reshaped right now? I mean, I suspect that there are patterns in my life from the normal that probably don't need to be normal anymore. Yeah. Think about how things have been changed around. I mean, I'm praying more now than I ever have. I feel more desperate for God than I ever have. I'm on, I'm studying the scriptures in ways that I haven't in a long, 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 long time. Uh, my, I'm spending time with my children and my wife having conversation and not just sitting there staring at my phone all the time. We're going on family walks. We're playing dominoes at night. You know, we're, we're sitting down together. We're talking. Our family devotion time is rich right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe what I should be praying for is that God would reshape me during this time. Maybe what I should care more about is not whether or not I survive it and make it, but rather whether I come out the other side of this as the man that God wants me to be. Yeah. And so I, I just want to encourage people, please don't pray that God would just get us back to normal. That's uh-huh. dinky. That's uh-huh. sad. And frankly, that's pathetic. We should uh-huh. be asking God right now to not just get us through, yes, but that God would get us through so that we would be the people He's called us to be. And by the way, when we look at the Bible, when God would bring His people through a crisis, it was because He was about to use them in some way. Yeah. It was because He had the eschaton in mind and He wanted to do something to His people. And I'm not Moses, or I'm not, I'm not David, or none of us are those figures. I'm not Abraham. But we, the church, are a part of God's providential plan for the unfolding of His, es- His eschatological kingdom. And I think what we ought to be thinking of right now predominantly is who we are in this moment and who we will be when this moment is over and pray to that end that God would shape us accordingly. Awesome. That's really great. All right, Jamie. Well, thanks so much for uh, walking us through that and uh, taking a look at that. And uh, we'll, we'll keep at it. All right, man. Thank you, brother. appreciate you. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedo.com slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.